Howdy and welcome to the 10-Week Bible Study. This is week 10, day 4 of our study of 2 Corinthians. I'm your host, Darren Hibbs, and today we're talking about 2 Corinthians 13, 1-10. Well, welcome back to the 10-Week Bible Study. Again, I'm your host, Darren Hibbs. Would you join me as we pray before we start today? Lord, would you open our eyes and our ears to hear what your word has to say to us, God. Speak to us and fill our hearts with the knowledge of you. We want to know you through your word today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. With that, let's uh, jump into God's word. I'll be reading today from the NIV. This is 2 Corinthians 13, starting in verse 1. This will be my third visit to you. Every matter must be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. I already gave you a warning when I was with you the second time. Now I repeat it while absent. On my return, I will not spare those who sinned earlier of, uh, or any of the others, since you are demanding proof that Christ is speaking through me. Whoa. So here Paul gets to the heart of the matter. He's got word that the at least some in Corinth have latched on to these other teachers. There's a feather He's, he's latched on to these other teachers and, and decided that they don't believe that Paul is actually the one speaking from the Lord anymore. And, you know, what he just said in the last passage, right, that they're engaging in all of this kind of debauchery. Uh, these people have come along and said, hey, you can have Jesus and you can have your orgies too. Right, they're they're selling it both ways, and there's a bunch of people who are like, I like this gospel. I like this. I like this. I'll pay money to keep you guys around. Uh, as for Paul, I'm not so sure that uh, maybe maybe Jesus isn't the one speaking to you. Maybe you're not speaking on behalf of God. And and so Paul again is stopped the biting sarcasm in the last passage, and he's turned dead serious, and he's dead serious in this. Right, he's he's saying that that he is is actually quite afraid of what they become, and he's like the the whole he's quoting the Old Testament passage where it's like you know everything is going to be established by two or three witnesses. I mean, even God in sending two angels to Sodom and Gomorrah, he's establishing that yes, it's as bad as he thought, and so he's like, I visited you after the first time. I wrote you again based off of what I've heard. This will be my third time. This is like the third witness. This is strike three and you're out kind of thing is, is what he's getting at. I'm not, I'm not going to be weak when I come to you is what he's saying. Continuing on, he is not weak in dealing with you, but is powerful among you. For to be sure, he was crucified in weakness, yet he lives by God's power. Likewise, we are weak in him. Yet by God's power, we will live with him in our dealing with you. Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you? Unless, of course, you fail the test. And I trust that you will discover that we have not failed the test. Now we pray to God that you will not do anything wrong, not so that people will see that we have stood the test, but so that you will do what is right, even though we may seem to have failed. Paul is saying, essentially, I feel like I failed you. 
You have gone after all of these other things. He's like, you need to test yourself. And this is a little bit different than constantly trying to evaluate, am I really a Christian, am I not? No, he's saying there's some really, really big problems here. And if you believe this stuff that I've just talked about, if you think that that's not sinful, then you need to test yourself on that. Look at God's word and test yourself against that and find out if that's true because it's not. If you think that that's allowable, that that's not sinful, then you're okay to have a relationship with God and continue on with that stuff unrepentant. You fail the test. That's what he's being. He's being very specific, very forward about this. He's saying, we're not failing the test, but I feel like I failed you. Because I, Paul is essentially saying, I feel like I have taught you stuff and it didn't sink in well enough. I didn't do a good enough job articulating it. Somehow I failed you in that you believe these other guys. Paul feels like he's failed them in that way. Verse eight, for we cannot do anything against the truth, but only for the truth. We are glad whenever we are weak, but you are strong. And our prayer is that you may be fully restored. This is why I write these things when I'm absent. That when I come, I may not have to be harsh in my use of authority. The authority the Lord gave me for building you up, not tearing you down. Paul is saying, we will come in weakness, but in our weakness, Christ will be strong. You will see the power of God in dealing with these things. But if we come, if we come to you like this, we will be, we will come in our weakness, but the power of Christ will come. But I'm writing this to you now because I'd rather you repent before I come. Paul is essentially saying, I'd rather be passive aggressive. I'd rather write to you these things instead of having to do it face to face. Because he's like, when I'm face to face, I want to, I just want to enjoy you. I want to be with you. I want to grow together. I don't want to have to be harsh. I don't want to be that guy. It's essentially what he's saying. I'd rather be that guy in writing. Who wants to be that guy in person? Nobody wants that. So it's like, repent now before I come. Take these harsh words that I'm writing and repent now. So that I come, there's only rejoicing that we are unified in the faith. That's what he's saying. But he is, he is being very clear that if I come and you haven't repented and this is going on, you will see the power of God in dealing with that. And this is coming in a time period when the power of God came in dealing with things. You've got the Ananiases and Sapphiras of the world. When Paul came to Ephesus and he's healing people and casting demons out of people, you've got the seven sons of Sceva in the city of Ephesus, a, a, a Jewish rabbi there. They were going out casting demons out of people. One day they said, in the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches, come out, you know, the demons come out of this man. The demons respond and they say, we know Jesus and we've heard of Paul, but who the heck are you? And then the demons beat those men. And when that happened, when that story got out, it filled everyone with so much fear that, oh my gosh, this stuff is real. Like this spiritual realm and sin, all it's real. And they all repented of all their sins. This stuff is real. And Paul's saying, I don't want to have to come in that authority, but I will. And all of these New Testament, early church people, like they knew 
They'd heard the stories about what that looked like and Paul saying, that's how I'm coming if I have to. Lord, have mercy on them and have mercy on us that we would repent at the first opportunity every single time and be restored, completely reconciled to God. For the 10-Week Bible Study, I'm your host, Darren Hibbs, and I can't wait to see you next time. Hey, thanks for tuning into the 10-Week Bible Study Podcast. If you've enjoyed this podcast, would you consider leaving a review for it on your podcast app of choice? It really helps other people find out about this podcast, and my heart is for people to fall in love with God's Word. Thank you.